This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, he recently started a small mastermind group. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of our 2021 ACCE Chamber of the Year Finalist Series. Chamber Chat's uh, title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Is your chamber struggling to drive the revenue it needs to support your initiatives? It's a common problem, and one that our new title sponsor, Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions, knows a lot about. Doug and Bill Holman aren't just sales consultants, they're real-life chamber guys with 20-plus years of chamber leadership experience. They know how to diagnose and solve member recruiting issues faster and better than anyone else, and they're ready to put that knowledge to work for you and your chamber. Call the Holman Brothers today at 619-852-1391 or check them out at holmanbros.com. That's H-O-L-M-A-N-B-R-O-S dot com. Our guest for this episode, as we continue this Chamber of the Year finalist series, is John Urbans from the Greater Fort Wayne, Inc. in Indiana, or uh, GFW, as we'll uh, refer to it as I go through his bio. But John joined GFW, Inc. in 2014, and prior to his appointment as CEO in 2019, he served as Executive Vice President of Economic Development. In that role, he led an economic development team that assisted with 132 business expansions and relocations in Allen County, resulting in more than 7,800 new jobs and $335 million in new annual payroll. Prior to joining GFW Inc., John served as the Director of Community Development for the City of Fort Wayne, where he managed the city's strategic planning, land use, redevelopment, housing, economic development, and neighborhood service operations, and an 80-plus member team dedicated to excellence in public service. He led and assisted with high-profile projects at the direction of the mayor. Uh, John has facilitated comprehensive downtown and neighborhood planning processes. He spent much of his career engaging with local residents, neighborhood groups, elected officials, and business leaders to cast a visionary future for Allen County's communities. Over the course of his career, John has served on numerous community boards. He was a founding board member of the Fort Wayne Downtown Development Trust, the Fort Wayne New Markets Revitalization Fund, and Fort for Fitness. John graduated from Ball State University with degrees in urban planning and environmental design and is an AICP certified urban planner. He's a proud dad of three great kids and a lifelong Hoosier. John, I'm grateful to have you back on Chamber Chat Podcast. I know we had you on last year as a Chamber of the Year finalist. And if anybody wants to go back and, and check out that episode, it was episode 79, which we'll link in the show notes as well. But John, take a moment to say hello to all the chamber champions and uh, and share something interesting so we can get to know you even better. Well, Brandon, thanks for having me. Um, uh, love what we're doing here in Fort Wayne. Love what uh, the chamber here is doing, chambers cross country. So it's been a pleasure to, to serve our community. And I think we're doing a lot of great things uh, in Fort Wayne. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, the direction is good here. The growth is the growth is great. And um Really appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely. 
So tell us a little bit about the Greater Fort Wayne, Inc. Um, give us an idea of your, your organization, size, staff, budget, that yes. sort of thing. So uh, Greater Fort Wayne, Inc., it, you know, we serve as both the Chamber of Commerce for Allen County uh, and Fort Wayne, but also as the Economic Development Agency. So we've got a staff of 18 people that, uh, that I tell everybody wakes up and sells our community every day. You know, we are the ones that are out talking about the, the great things happening, doing programming, trying to attract investment here. Our, uh, our mission, I tell everybody, is about building a nationally recognized economy here in Fort Wayne and Allen County. And that's uh, it's easy to say, but it's a lot harder to go out and do every day. You know, we're focused on, on growing jobs, growing wages, and, and growing the economy uh, right here in our community. And uh, the, last, uh, the last several years have been a great run in that, uh, the amount of investment that's going on in our community, both internal growth and uh, external attractions. Has, uh, has has been great. Uh, you know, last year in 2020, challenging year, but you look at the investment that's taken place, we still had 20, uh, 20 economic development projects that we closed on. The interesting thing in those 20 is 12 of them were attraction projects. So they were new companies uh, to our market. You know, typically 85, 90% of our job growth is going to come from existing employers growing. Uh, and to see that that many attraction projects in one year tells us that we're really starting to uh, starting to get where we talk about you know, our mission being nationally recognized. People are starting to look to come here and we're seeing the growth. We've seen um, one of the things we watch very closely is our population growth. And, and within that, domestic migration is a big piece of that, you know, from 1991, when they started tracking domestic migration uh, to 2016, we were negative in our community. And we've turned that around in a big way. In the last four years, we've had uh, significantly positive domestic migration. So when you look at where people are moving uh, across the country, uh, you look at a map from Maine to North Dakota, uh, north of the Mason-Dixon line, there's one state that has positive domestic migration, and that's Indiana. And within Indiana, Fort Wayne's been a driving force behind that behind that growth. Wow, that is that says a lot for the impact that you guys are having and and attracting people to the, the great Fort Greater Fort Wayne area. Yeah, we we've uh, uh, you know another area we watch is building permit activity in our community. We had we had never hit a billion dollars of building permit activity until uh, four years ago, and. Uh, hit that in 2017. We've hit it each year since then, each year a little bit earlier than the, than the next. Uh, Highmark was $1.6 billion back in 2019. Uh, and we're on pace right now to uh, exceed that in 2021. That is awesome. Great job. <laughs> that is yeah, amazing. So I feel really good about, uh, about where things are at. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to, to get into our discussion today, uh, specifically talking about your guys' Chamber of the Year application, the, the programs that were submitted in your synopsis. Um, and as, as everybody did, we'll, we'll talk about your, your COVID response in your community, as well as a, another program, your, your bridge program you guys have there at your organization. And we'll get into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app 
with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. All right, John, we are back. Um, let's dive in and, and learn more about how you guys responded to the impact of COVID-19 to your, your community, your business community. What, what sort of plan did you guys implement to, to help guide your businesses through that? Yeah, you know, COVID obviously hit all of us in a big way and in different ways. I, I remember vividly uh, being in my office last uh, March 13th, you know, Friday the 13th, um, when uh, Governor uh, President declared a pandemic, and um, we were supposed to have a staff function in the afternoon. And I pulled everybody together and said, "Look, we need to let's sit down and talk about this. Let's talk about." How are we going to be here to help our business community uh, and our and our community in general through the pandemic? And let's we sat down and talked about what are we going to do, how are we going to do it, knowing that on Monday the 16th we probably weren't going to come back in the office because the state was probably going to going to shut down, which which did occur. You know, the first thing we did, um, the the great thing about the role that we're playing in our community is we're really that trusted advisor and we're in that position where the business community trusts us, but government also trusts us. And we're able to play that liaison role. So the the first thing we did that first week, we said, look, we're going to call all 1400 plus members and and talk to folks and see uh, what they're worried about, what impacts they're already having, what are their challenges so that we could provide uh we could provide information back to our government officials that were asking us questions. Hey, what's, how is business being affected? What's going on? What are they hearing? What do they need to know about? Um, so we were able to have those conversations with our investors and our members and, and relay information to, uh, to, the, to the city, to the county, to the Department of Health, to our state elected officials, uh, into our federal delegation as well about here's the impacts that that uh, are going on here, and then vice versa, being able to to help our businesses understand what was going on at the government level. You know, um, as things started to come out, like the CARES Act uh, and and uh, essential essential lines of work. You know, there was a lot of questions. Are we essential? How do we make sure that we're declared essential? What do, we, what do our employees need if they're, if they're gonna be driving to work? Are they gonna get stopped? Or do they need, do they need paperwork? Uh, what's in the CARES Act? And, and that's where we could step in and say, you, know, you don't need to run, read the thousand pages. Let us, let's, let us digest it. Let, let us help you understand what's in it. Uh, making sure that we connected folks uh, through the PPP process or the Paycheck Protection Program and the EIDL loan process. We created that clearinghouse so that people could get the right information. Uh, we created a resource hub on our website 
that um, had all that information. We, we were working with uh, providers on, uh, on uh, PPE, you know, making sure that businesses understood where they could, uh, where they could get PPE, or if they were shifting manufacturing and producing PPE, how could they make sure that people knew that was available? You know, working with our local Homeland Security office in collecting PPE from businesses for our first responders, because that was a big, people forget how big of an issue that was right at the beginning, making sure that they had that. Uh, those were some of the initial ways that we really provided value, both to business, but also to our government partners as well. Yeah. So and then really, and then we really shifted quickly into uh, a reopening phase. And, you know, I, I know every state reopened in a different fashion, but Indiana was very, Indiana was kind of very quick to, to, to start to move towards reopening. And I think uh, Governor, Governor Holcomb and the, the team here in Indiana, I think very effectively handled uh, the pandemic uh, as best they could. And, really kept businesses going uh, as much as they could. But we worked with uh, our Department of Health uh, and our local hospital system on a roadmap to a healthy reopening. And that was one of the things we talked about in our ACC application was you know, the, the general response, but also this specific webinar series where we ended up working with, uh, let's say the Department of Health and uh, one of the hospital systems on uh, on a webinar where we had 17 industry specific webinars focused on making sure that businesses had the right information from the health department and from health professionals that they needed to keep their employees um, and their, and their, uh, their customers safe in reopening. Uh, we ended up with uh, over 12,000 views on, um, on these different webinars that were you know, hosted live, but then placed out on our website for people to view later after the fact, but talking to, thing, talking to folks about uh, social distancing and, and masking and the pluses and minuses and, and things that they need to be doing and thinking about within their own workplace to keep people safe so that they could reopen. Uh, and we heard from a lot, of, uh, a lot of members that that was vital information to get help get them back back to work, get kids back in the classroom, get get employees back into the into the work sites. Yeah. Yeah. And as you're <laughs> relaying how things, you know, the, the shutdown process and the reopening, I know it, it opens some some wounds for some people as they hear that and kind of that nightmare of of what that experience was like. But I think just being able to to hear how other communities, how other chambers handled it is uh it's valuable um hopefully we never see anything like that again but it's that uh that preparation right to be able to to have an understanding just in case something happens how can you react quickly because if you aren't quick about it it really doesn't matter yeah i think that is the, the timeliness of getting information out and the right information was very key in this and it was you know it was something that none of us had ever gone through we had yeah. never had to um, had to deal with this and, and the shift in in just normal uh, activity within the office. You know, we all of a sudden were 100% virtual like everybody else. And thankfully, we had a team that was ready to, you know, shift programming to, to Zoom and other platforms. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people say they didn't miss a beat and we all missed a beat, but we recovered and, and moved it 
shifted shifted it very quickly to keep things keep things moving forward. Uh, actually, grew membership throughout uh, throughout COVID, which I know a lot of people that didn't happen everywhere, and a lot of people were very concerned about that. But uh, we grew membership, and and part of it was the webinars and everything else we did. We opened that up. It wasn't about um, our fourteen hundred members only. It was about the entire community, yeah. making sure that they had access to the webinars. They had access to the data. It wasn't a you're a member, you're not a member. It was, we're going to do this for the community. And I wonder going forward, um, you know, either at your chamber or even at other other chambers, what sort of programs will continue forward that are inclusive of all businesses in the community, regardless of member versus non-member? And obviously, there's got to be a benefit to being a member, but I think that opens the eyes as to showing the value that the chamber can offer to the business community. Yeah, there's got to be a value to the membership and there's got to be, you know, it is a mem- we are a membership organization, but at the same time, uh, we feel our role is to advance the economy of our community. And that's, that's everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's take a shift here and, and uh, talk a bit about your other program that you guys submitted on your application, your, your bridge program. Tell us about that. Yeah, the, the Bridge program is a program we started um, just a couple of years ago, and it, it really started with an analysis we did. Um, we brought Chris Hively from Techstars. Uh, he was the founder of MapQuest into our community uh, to do a review of our entrepreneurial ecosystem and some of the challenges we were having uh, in that and, and looking at some of the gaps that we had. And one of the gaps that... Um, that, that we identified through that and that we felt we had a role in playing. We didn't, we didn't want to, uh, we have several entrepreneurial support organizations and we didn't want to uh, do something that somebody else was doing, but uh, we found this gap that we believed existed in the connection between our great entrepreneurial community and our great corporate community. And we have these two great communities, but they didn't really intermix and connect. And we said, how can we, how can we help improve that? How can we help connect the corporate leaders and the entrepreneurs? And, and uh, we ended up creating the, the GFW Bridge Program where we were trying to bridge that gap. And the idea was that uh, two years ago in year one, we, uh, we lined up 14 corporate sponsors that said, we're going to come in and help an entrepreneur, not just, not just come in and help with a little business planning or a little coaching for you know a few months or a year, we're going to create this five-year marriage between a corporation and an entrepreneur. And uh, first question was, how, how many entrepreneurs are we going to get to do this? Uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, you know, one of, some of the critics told us, well, they're not going to want to be involved in the chamber. You're, you're kind of old school. And, and, you know, we had to get across to them. You know, we, we pride ourselves in saying we're not your grandfather's chamber. You know, we are different. Um, and we ended up uh, with uh, over 40 entrepreneurs applying for the program. Uh, we identified uh, about 25 of them and then took those to the corporate sponsors and said, here's all the, here's all the entrepreneurs we have, you know, kind of explain their company, no names, no faces. And uh, the, the corporation will sponsor that company for five years in, you know, membership in our organization, but also, then helping with programming and, and kind of being that that um, confidant that they can uh, they can lean on and and work with, you know those fourteen companies uh, selected uh, 
uh, an entrepreneur that they wanted. Every, all but uh, all but one got their first choice. So there was a, there was a lot of a lot of great uh, a lot of great companies. We uh, we started a second cohort of that last year with ten more companies and ten more uh, entrepreneurs, really focusing uh, the uh, new ones on uh, all underrepresented populations. So really looking at how we can help minority, female-owned, veteran-owned businesses. And the thing I love is um, we focused all of those last year on that, but 19 of the 24 that are now in the program fall under that category. So we now have, uh, you know, president of the local bank working with a local individual who had a food truck that has now grown that into a bricks and mortar uh, restaurant down on one of our, down on one of our, uh, redevelopment projects in our downtown. You know, we have the uh, the owner of a local Chevrolet dealership working with uh, two young ladies on, on, uh, on a, a housing uh, decoration, housing decor company, you know, really helping them grow that. It's, it's been a great program where, you know, these CEOs and these business leaders have gotten involved are really now getting back. And like I said, it's not for that one year. This is a five-year commitment that they're making. Um, You know, we have one uh, individual that got involved, and he's the president of a a large medical group here in town. And uh, he's now uh, getting close to retirement, going to retire later this year. And he said, look, my wife and I are going to continue to sponsor them for the next three years. And, you know, the business can take on another one. But we're going to keep we're going to keep the group that we're working with, and we're going to keep working with David and help him grow this grow this business because we believe in it so much. Uh, you know, he's been leading that group for thirty plus years, and now he's really bought into helping somebody build their business and build their dream. I think the thing that we have seen is that it's really been able to um, accelerate the growth of these businesses. Yeah, we we've, we've got a long uh, a long entrepreneurial um, history in our community. You know, from the washing machine and the TV to you know a lot of other magnet wire, a lot of great uh, stories here. What's the ne- what's the next big story? And these these corporate leaders have been able to come in and they're helping the entrepreneurs grow their companies. Yeah, I love hearing those stories and hearing the uh, that sponsorship like the. Is this gentleman retiring but wanting to continue that sponsorship? And reminds me of a, a quote that I had seen, and I wish I could attribute who said it. I'm horrible at, at, at the attributions, but it, it said something to the effect of there's not a person out there that you could meet that once you learn their story, that you would appreciate them, that you would you'd have a love yeah. for that person. And the fact that you've, if I heard you right, 19 of the 24 entrepreneurs involved in this program are some sort of a like a minority type owned business. And oftentimes these corporate, you know, people that are being matched up are probably going to be from different backgrounds largely. Um, and it gives them an opportunity to, to get to know somebody they might not normally know and to develop and maybe in, in a business sense, it's not the right terminology, but develop a love for these people in the community and, and want to see them succeed. Yeah, they are, they are developing that. You know, they're developing friendships. They're developing connections that just spawn into other connections. And it's really helping bring, uh, bring those two groups together, which is exactly what we want to do. We wanted, we wanted to bridge that gap. And 
Um, you know, we've got two cohorts going through. We're going to look to continue to grow that each year uh, and add an additional cohort. Um, and uh, I think it's I think it's a great program. We'd love to talk to anybody about it. I think it's a model that that could be replicated in any community. You know, you all have entrepreneurs. You all have corporate leaders. And my guess is you probably have a gap that you can you can help bridge. So, and maybe I missed it, but with the entrepreneurs, is there anything beyond applying that they need to do to, to get involved with the program? I mean, they apply and get selected, but there's no cost to them because they're being sponsored so, by the corporate, so, right? So there is a, uh, we have a small cost to them. Uh, okay. There is, you know, it's like $50 that, that okay. they're paying. The, the company is paying $1,000 a year to sponsor them. Okay. So we wanted a little bit of buy-in, but some but skin in we the didn't game. Want it yeah. to, we did not want it to be any sort of barrier. Uh, and then we work with we work with the entrepreneurs as well. We we do a lot of leadership programming through our organization, and our um, the person that runs our leadership program then provides some specific leadership coaching to both the the entire cohort of entrepreneurs, but also on an individual basis. So okay. we get some specialized coaching along the way as well. I love this. This is a this is one of those models that I can see another organization taking and running with. You know, some of the the chambers listening. This is something that's very adoptable uh, for it that is, inclusion. It yeah. is very adoptable. It's very scalable. It is. Uh, it's a program that I would encourage any chamber to give us a call and talk about. We'd love to love to talk with anybody. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, I mean, this is second year in the row as being uh, selected as a chamber of the year finalist. You guys are doing something right there um, at Fort Wayne. Uh, from your perspective, what's that secret sauce? You know, what is it you guys are doing that, that others can learn from that you think is, you know, makes Greater Fort Wayne Inc. something special? You know, I think the, there's a lot of things uh, and thanks for your words, but uh, you know, one of the things that we have worked hard to do is uh, create that vision for the community. You know, where do we want to get to and challenge our community to invest in themselves, come together, collaborate. You know, we are, we are not just a business organization. We are, you know, our board is a very diverse board. We have 54 members. Uh, Allen County is a very large uh, county geographically with a strong urban core in Fort Wayne. We've also got a number of smaller rural communities, Amish community, uh, large farming portion of our uh, of our county. And we've brought a board together that really represents the broad aspect of the of the community and takes on tough issues. You know, our um, our board is has championed tax increases, uh, you know, the local income tax side to uh, to complete some significant projects that we felt were important to the business community uh, from a talent attraction uh, perspective. So we championed a, an increase to, to fund riverfront development in our community. That's not something chamber boards typically do. Yeah. Um, our, our board has gotten very involved in uh, diversity, equity, inclusion conversations in our community and really bringing the bringing that to the business level. You know, we, we, we started a program last year called United Front where we're having a year long, uh, uh, we built a year long curriculum to talk about significant uh, DEI issues within our community. And we've got over 200 businesses and about 8,400 individuals 
going through this year, this year long curriculum with with monthly keynote addresses on different topics and role specific conversations to to make sure we're bringing that to the business community and to the broader community for conversation. So, uh, you know, our core values of our organization are uh, inclusion, collaboration, and results. You know, and and it's about including everybody, collaborating to make sure that we we work together, both public and private sector. But then at the end of the day, we're very results driven because if we're not if we're not achieving results, then our our inclusion and our collaboration isn't being effective. Yeah. So we we really focus on that. We we talk about that. Uh, we've got a wonderful staff. The staff is is great. Board has supported us and helped us uh, just continue to build. Well, whatever you guys are doing, it it's working. So keep it up. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so what would be maybe one tip or action item that you can offer out there to, to people listening that they can do to help take their chamber up to the next level? I think that the key for us is making sure that we understand, understand what our lane is uh, in the community, making sure we understand the things that we need to do. Sometimes it's leadership and sometimes it's support. And don't be afraid to, to say, this is an area where we need to uh, provide support and not necessarily be the lead agency. Sometimes folks get in the habit of, well, we need to lead everything. And, and our philosophy is let's find the right leader. And sometimes that's us. And sometimes it's not um, when it needs to be us. Let's step up and do it. And it may not be a comfortable role to take. Um, I, I think probably the, a big challenge for chambers is get out of your comfort zone. You know, don't be afraid to uh, to be that catalytic leader to step up and say, this is what we need to do. Uh, and then work with the right partners to get it done. That's the that's the we don't uh, you know, from an economic development side, I talked about, you know, the number of wins and the great investment we're seeing. Um, those are the community wins. They're not greater Fort Wayne Inc. wins. Those are the community. Those are how do we work together with our cities and our counties and our private sector partners to get things done? How do we build the right, the right environment for, for, for things to happen and then help make them happen? Yeah, I think that's great. I love that idea of just understanding, understanding your lane. And are you going to take yeah. the, the leadership role or support role with what's the best fit? Who is the best leader for this? Um, so I know I asked you this question last time I had you on the podcast, but now there's been a year and a year's worth of different perspective, especially as we've gone through this COVID experience, this pandemic, um, as we look to the future, how do you see the future of chambers and their, their purpose moving forward? Yeah, I, um, there is a role for, there is a definitely a role for chambers moving forward and we have to be adaptable. We have to be nimble. We have to to uh, continue to fig figure out our role. Um, the big role for us is being that convener, being the, being the, the group that can, can sit down and say, let's, let's, let's come together. There's a, there's a greater good than um, one side or the other. You know, when we talked, when, when uh, you know, looking at the Horizon Initiative, and one of the things that I, I think is a key is that political and social fragmentation. And how can chambers um, be that adult in the room that brings everybody together and says, you know, the, the polar divide is not going to move us forward, uh, both politically and socially. 
How do we come together in advancing our communities, advancing our economies? And that is, that is the role of the Chamber of Commerce in a community. And that is something that, that we're playing here in Fort Wayne and Allen County. And that's one I would challenge other chambers to do in their own communities. I think that's so important, especially right now. And and I know as the, the Horizon Initiative came out originally, I mean, we don't we didn't see the political and social divide that we do today. So right. it definitely was very forward thinking uh, of how chambers thinking. fit in. Yeah. Yeah, very forward thinking. And and it's it's we have to continue to to think forward. Exactly. Well, John, this has been a pleasure having you having you with me today again on the podcast. I'd like to give you an opportunity to to put your contact information out there if anyone would like to reach out and connect with you about anything you covered in our discussion today. What would be the best way for them to reach out and connect with you? Uh, the best way to reach us is on our website. Um, you can go to www.greaterfortwayneinc.com. Uh, uh, you can also reach out to me directly on my uh, on my email. It's jurbans, U-R-B-A-H-N-S, at gfwinc.com. All right. I will get that in our show notes for this episode, which will be found at chamberchatpodcast.com slash episode 138. But, John, this has been great. Um, I hope you guys keep making the, the, the great impact in your community and in Indiana altogether. Um, you guys are doing great things. I appreciate you sharing some of those uh, things that you guys are doing with us here on the podcast. I hope others got a lot of value out of that. And I wish you guys the best of luck with Chamber of the Year. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees, and Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with swipe it